Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House in Virginia Beach. church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. Let's uh, open up our Bibles tonight to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, if you will join me there. Uh, We tonight are continuing in our series out of the book of 1 Corinthians, and Uh, We have just continued to move through this uh, letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Corinth because of the wide-ranging topics and incredible amount of uh, wisdom that is in this book. And there's no shortage of it here tonight in this scripture. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12 uh, in this place. I want to... um, I want to ask you to imagine with me. Uh, some of you, you may have some technical understanding, mechanical understanding of uh, perhaps of vehicles or uh, machinery. Um, if you've ever done any work on a vehicle, uh, like I have a little bit, you will know that there are uh, so many critical pieces to a car. And what I mean by that is there is required complexity in a motor vehicle, that there are a certain number of pieces and probably numbering in the thousands for every single vehicle that's on the road, that if just one of those pieces fails in some way, if just one of those pieces stops working for some reason or breaks, this can cause the entire vehicle to stop running. And so I could, uh, for example, I could uh, go out, uh, I could sneak out of my quarantine house and come down to the church there, and I could open your hood, and uh, and I could uh, I could remove um, I could remove one piece, maybe a belt. You know, a belt it costs about five dollars one belt off of the side of your engine, and when I remove that belt. Uh, I tell you, it would cause great havoc on your engine. So in other words, uh, it's going to cause a problem uh, in your vehicle. You may be able to start it, you may be able to run it for a few moments, but how many know that it's not going to be long till you discover that there's a problem? Uh, so there is uh, there, there are a required number of parts that are absolutely necessary in order for your car to continue working. A battery, for example. Some of you have had trouble. As the weather changes, batteries tend to go out. And so all of a sudden you uh, turn your key and what just was working perfectly five minutes ago or just when you parked the car last night and now it's morning time and, and all of a sudden your, your vehicle is no longer running like you want it to. And uh, that's because just one piece, just one failure of one piece can cause a breakdown of the entire vehicle. Well, I want to share with you tonight that this is what the Apostle Paul is trying to show us in the scripture that we're about to read. 
He's going to show us that there are a diverse amount of people and talents and gifts that God has given to the church. There are a number of roles that he has asked God's people to play. And yet, um, those roles and those positions, those uh, gifts and talents that God has given to us, they are not for our personal promotion. Uh, You don't open the hood and say, wow, what a beautiful belt that is. No, the beauty comes as all of the pieces work well together for a bigger intended purpose. And I pray tonight that the words of the Apostle Paul will inspire you once again to use your spiritual gift. And this is a message I've titled, One Piece of the Puzzle. Would you read it with me here tonight? And I'm gonna, we're going to be looking at uh, pretty much all of the chapter in 1 Corinthians 12, but let's begin with verse 5 tonight. It says these words, There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Let me read that one more time. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Let's pray for just a moment. Lord, we come by the blood of Jesus. I thank you for faithful people who are connected with us tonight. Lord, to anyone who would hear this message, God, may you remind us of the power that you've given to us as we join together for the great purpose that you have for us. And we thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. We're so glad that you're here with us. Let me just take a moment before we jump in to say thank you once again to all of you who make this possible, uh, that we're here in quarantine and uh, we've been uh, we've been spoiled, we've been well taken care of. So we just want to say thank you to everyone who's been thinking about us and praying for us. And uh, those of you there who are continuing to help the service go forward. But let's think about tonight the spiritual gifts that God has given to us. My first uh, point that I want to make to you this evening is that everyone, if you name the name of Christ, if you are saved and on your way to heaven, the Bible is very clear about this, that God gives various diverse gifts to his people, that he gives uh, spiritual gifts to each one of us for the profit of all. This is what it says in verse 7, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. The, the, the Bible tells us that no man can be saved except by the power of the Spirit of God. In other words, God's Spirit, the third person of the Holy Trinity, is, uh, is intimately involved in our salvation. It's the Holy Spirit who draws us to himself. It's the Holy Spirit who uh, guides us and convicts us and brings us to a knowledge of our sin. It's by the Holy Spirit that we are brought to an altar and we begin to cry out to God. All of these are works of the Spirit. And I tell you, what the Bible's telling us now is that this is the same Spirit of God that not only wants to save us, but wants to use us. So the devil, you know, he's got, he's got a strategy against, uh, against people. He hates people. He hates you. He wants to kill you. He wants to steal from you. He wants to destroy you. And so the devil, he would love if people would just not get saved in the first place. His first strategy against your life 
is to keep you away from Jesus. Thank God we serve a God who is bigger than the devil, that his ways are higher than our ways, that he is able to rescue us from the pit of our sins. And so if you get saved, I believe that the devil has a different strategy for those of us who are saved. Those of us who have received the knowledge of Christ, who have obeyed the gospel, who have come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So the secondary strategy, if he can't drag us to hell, do you know what he wants to do next? He wants to make you useless for God. He wants you to affect as few people as possible. And I'm telling you, he has been very successful at doing this for many people in the church today. He has succeeded in his strategy at making you nothing more than a bump on a log. And I believe God has more things for us. God has greater things for us. The problem with this is that the church, that individual success with God cannot be achieved without the greater uh, church, without the greater body of Christ. In other words, Christianity is not a solo sport. I thank God for all of the nice solo sports out there. Golf is a great solo sport, you know. Uh, at the end of the, your golf round, you either can blame yourself for your follies or you can congratulate yourself for your successes. No one else has a part to play. Golf is a solo game. But Christianity is not like that. Christianity is a team sport. It is a team sport, meaning that we cannot achieve anything for God on our own. We have to be part of a greater goal, of a greater purpose. And if we are not doing that, if we are uh, isolated to ourselves, I guarantee you the devil will be successful at making His purpose, his strategy for us, is to make us effective and fruitful for the kingdom of God. Now you notice, I didn't say fruitful and effective for your life. Not just fruitful and effective so that you can have a successful life. No, the purpose and the goal is for the kingdom. It's for the greater good. It's not just for you. God wants to help you because he wants to help somebody else. The church is a place that we have to make impact by helping the next guy. And this is a team sport. No one person can do it on their own. No pastor can do it on their own. No church leader can do it on their own. We must be the body of Christ because only when we join together can we be fruitful, effective, and useful to the kingdom and destroy the plans of the enemy. This is why... When God saves us, he sends the Holy Spirit to equip us. Now, I just want you to imagine, I was uh, looking around my house for a good illustration here. And uh, this is the best I could come up with. <laughs> but imagine this. This is a, maybe you can see this. This is a piece of a puzzle. Piece of a puzzle. So, some of you like to put together puzzles. And immediately as you see this, your uh, OCD starts kicking in, right? I have to put that thing together. Now, I believe that when you get saved, the Holy Spirit gives you a piece of the puzzle. 
Now, if you remain alone, if you remain on your own, if you do not connect with other people in the kingdom, guess what? There's not much here. There's a few little colors. There's a few little shapes. But guess what? Completely useless. Now, what else is interesting about this puzzle piece? Well, number one, you didn't make it. Right? You didn't create this. You, you, th- there, there's, a, there's a bigger picture here that you can't see yet. In the same way, God gives us all a gift. He gives us all abilities that are described in this chapter. He gives us uh, things that we can do for God. But without greater context, without a church around us, without the leading of the Spirit that is motivated and guided by the love of God, without those things, there's not much we can do with it. You know, I've seen preachers and I've seen so-called pastors trying to build fellowship online. And, you know, they, they think that just by getting 50 views of their sermon on a YouTube, it means that they're doing something for God. Now, I, I understand that, you know, God can use anything. God can speak through a donkey if he wants to. But at the same time, See, this puzzle piece cannot achieve its purpose as long as it is alone, and neither can you. This is a perfect picture of how God gives us spiritual gifts. So he is the one who decides, I didn't get to pick which puzzle piece that I get from God. I don't get, uh, I, I don't get to uh, pick out, you know, my favorite color. This is how it also is with your spiritual gift. It is something that we can develop. It's true that most talents are given by God. But these spiritual gifts are given to us by God. And we are able to develop these gifts through exercise. In other words, as we use them. So I want you to take a second and and think about this again. Think about this piece. Now, uh, I pulled this out of a box. Now, don't, uh, don't laugh at me, because I have girls, right? I live in a girl's house. So this is, this, is the, this is the greater puzzle, right? Now, if I was just to show you the inside of this box, I hope you can see this. There's a whole lot of other pieces in here. Imagine that you've got one of those pieces in your hand. So even if I handed out all 100 of the pieces of this particular puzzle... Can I tell you, we still don't have something useful. It's possible that God can bring together a people, that he can start carving out of the world an ecclesia. He can start bringing to himself a group of people, and he can start equipping us and giving us our own pieces. But it's only when we start to cooperate with one another that these pieces can start to make sense. This is what was happening in the Corinthian church, and this is why the Apostle Paul is addressing this topic, because the church there was full of division. They were fighting. There was schism among them. There was, uh, uh, that's an interesting word in the Greek, because this is the same word where we get the uh, word or the idea of schizophrenia, right? If you you know anything about this psychological uh, uh, torment that people have, it's the idea of a one person who has multiple personality disorder. And so uh, in their mind, they, they, they can jump 
from one person to another, and they can think that there's multiple people, and uh, that can be a torment to somebody. Well, listen, there are so many churches that have schizophrenia, and what that is is they they are uh, there there is division and schism among the body of Christ. It's all of these people who have a piece of the puzzle and think that oh my piece is better than your piece. Oh, you know, um, uh, mine's got a much prettier color on it. Mine is much better shape. And But the other thing that you have to, to realize about this is that every piece is unique. There's no piece that is exactly the same as another piece. And even in the case, you may have a case where there might be some pieces that have very similar size, but if you look at the print on the top they'll have completely different colors because they go in different places on the puzzle. So I'm telling you this tonight because what you need to know is that God has put a gift in you, a spiritual gift that cannot be replaced by anyone else. It's like the piece of the vehicle that if you remove this piece, that the rest of the car is not going to work the way it's intended. That's why every single one of you is so critical to the kingdom of God. Every single one of you is, is part of a, a greater peace. And this is what the Apostle Paul is trying to show us. The Greek word that is used here, that Paul uses as he writes this letter, the word for gift is the word charisma. Charisma. This is where we get uh, the idea of charismatic churches. Now, some people have taken that to an extreme, but simply what charisma means is excitement. It's, it's dynamic. It's something that is powerful and exciting and enthusiastic. See, the Holy Spirit, this is also the word that is translated into grace in the New Testament. God's grace. So there are many varieties of gifts. Uh, there's varieties of service. In the scripture here, it speaks about different services, different roles that God has called us to be in the church for pastors and apostles and prophets and deacons and administrators and workers of miracles. And, and so all of these are pieces of the puzzle. So no one person has all of them. You know, you may have uh, one individual uh, like Jesus who spoke that parable of the talents. You may have one, you know, who gets the one talent. You may have somebody who's really hitting some hot licks with two talents and then you may have a few of those people that God is specially gifted for his kingdom, maybe with those five talents. But see, each one of them, they have their own responsibility to put those talents to use. So the man with five talents, uh, he has a different requirement from the Lord than the man with one talent. For the man with one talent, all God expected from him was to, to double that, to, to gain another talent back. But for the man with five talents, whoa, the higher responsibility. He says, I've given you five. I expect five more back. And so to those who have higher levels or different gifts or different levels of, of ability in the kingdom, listen, uh, that's not for you. You've been given a piece of the puzzle and that piece is useless outside of the greater context. I wonder tonight, among those of you who are there in the building, among those of you who are now watching us on our live stream, 
How many gifts do we have watching this message right now? How many gifts, how many spiritual gifts that God has generously gifted to us through his grace that he has intended for you to use this for the kingdom, not for yourself, not for making money, not for doing great things and making a name for yourself, but to use this within the context of the kingdom of God to make a difference in this life. And that's what we're going to look at here in the scripture. Now, if all you've done is learned what kind of puzzle piece you have, and I believe that we all need to spend some time, some effort in prayer and in relationship with God, trying to figure out what is the piece that I've been given. God, uh, the Apostle Paul, he gives us some examples of this. He says, um, he says to one, uh, in verse 8, to one is given a word of wisdom through the Spirit. For some of you, God has specially gifted you in the Word to be able to study, to be able to apply the Word of God into people's lives. To some, He would give you a word of knowledge through the same Spirit. There are some words that can be spoken in perfect timing, like apples of gold, the Bible says, that, that when, you, when you speak them, it brings revelation and understanding that God would gift you in the arena of words. To another, verse 9, faith. Faith is a gift. Now, I understand everybody needs to have faith. Every Christian. The only reason you're saved is because of faith. But there are some people who have a gift, a special gift of the Lord, a gift of faith, a gift of supernatural. Let's believe God. And that gift is not enough just to keep it in your pocket. It must be exercised. What else do we have? To another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit. Some of you, you've got a gift of healing that you, when you lay hands on people. You know, one of the greatest examples in our fellowship that I know of is Pastor Dave Eccles. Now, <laughs> Pastor Dave Eccles is a man who's falling apart, right? He's got a glass eye. He's got an ankle that uh, is uh, broken three times. You know, he's got a liver that's failing him. But you know what? He's got a gift of healing when he lays his hands on people. They get healed miraculously. It was him who came to us in Bulgaria. And there was a woman there who, uh, they, she was married uh, for a certain time. No baby was coming. They wanted desperately to have a child. And uh, for years they were, they were praying. And, and, uh, and he came and preached a revival. He laid his hands on this woman on her, and, and believed God for her and said, uh, God, bring a child into this family's life. And uh, by her own testimony, she says that it was exactly nine months later that that baby was born. Now, you, 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 know, you examine that from a worldly perspective. See, that's, that's a God. When, when he applied, when he took the peace that God had given to him. Now, Pastor Dave Eccles may not be talented at other places. He may not be gifted with other arenas of life. He may not be a great administrator. I don't know. But what I do know is that he has used his gift in the kingdom. What about you? Maybe God has given you a gift of healing. Uh, to another, verse 10, working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. And to another, different kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues. The point of all of this is that you cannot be saved without also having a gift. I believe 
Every one of you has a gift, a spiritual gift from God, and he is expecting you to use it for him. The point of all of this is that it is the same God. There is one God, one spirit, one church, one body of Christ, and this gift on its own can't do anything. It's verse 11. One and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. And this is really the point. How is it that we can take our gift and begin to put it together into God's greater context? Well, it's going to require some humility. It's going to require some patience. It's going to require that you and I lay down our own personal preferences sometimes. It's going to require that we lay aside our hang-ups and our disagreements so that we can achieve something greater. You know, this is something that has happened in the United States of America. You know, we are currently in a time of great division. A lot of this is caused by our politicians, by uh, mean tweeting, you know. Uh, I'll, I'll lay the, the blame where blame is due. And uh, it, it's uh, from Donald Trump, it's from uh, Joe Biden, it's from every side and both sides that there is great division in our nation. But you know, it wasn't always so. When we experienced uh, an attack on our nation in World War II, as you know, the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor. And I want you to know that if you study the history books and uh, maybe some of you who heard the story directly from people that were there or people that were alive during that time, my grandmother is included, you will hear a story of how Americans laid aside, laid aside their divisions, laid aside their, their, uh, what separated them, their political divisions. And uh, young men from all across our nation joined the cause. And they went and fought a war on two fronts, in Europe and in the Pacific. And uh, it, was, it was as we came together, not just those troops who fought on the battlefield, but also people at home, factories were, were reconfigured in order to support the war effort. It was, a, it was a nationwide effort to win a war. And I tell you that America would not have survived, would certainly not have won that war unless we would have come together. Listen, church. We need to bring our pieces together. In every army, there are those who are skilled riflemen. There are those who are skilled in hand-to-hand combat. There are those who are skilled in technical abilities. There are those who are skilled in leadership. And each one has his own field of specialty. There is no jack-of-all-trades, right? There is, there, there is within the kingdom of God, just like in a military, there are those who are better at one thing than another. God has designed it this way because he wants us to work together. This is something I've learned from my rabbi. Uh, Daniel Lappin teaches on the ability, the, the uh, importance in the world of specialty. It, God has ordained for you to find a specialty, a niche, something that no one else can do. Because when that happens, listen, the Bible speaks about bread, right? It's very early on in the Bible. Bread is such a critical part. Even Jesus, he says, I am the bread of life. But see, if you lived all by yourself, 
on a desert island, nobody else around, I dare you to make a loaf of bread. Bread is something that cannot be made except in a community, right? Because one farmer, to make a loaf of bread, think of all of the ingredients that are required for bread. First, there's water. There's flour. Where does flour come from? It comes from wheat. Somebody has to grow the wheat and harvest it. There is oil. Somebody has to harvest oil from another crop. Somebody has to uh, make an oven, right? You have to have an oven in order to bake. You have to have uh, the spices, sometimes uh, the water. You have to have a well to pump water. Listen, I'm telling you, bread cannot be made by one individual. It has to be made as a community comes together. And I'm telling you that in the kingdom of God, we cannot have effectiveness and fruitfulness. We cannot accomplish the will of God without community, without the bigger picture. We are not designed to operate independently. They are useless. These gifts are completely worthless until they are used, until they are fit together. Now, God has also given us a plan. See, this box that I pulled this piece out of, (laughs) this is a glitter puzzle of Beanie Boos. There's a hundred pieces in here. And this piece by itself, you know, if I start looking, oh, oh wait, look, down here in the corner, I can see that this piece somehow is going to end up in this bottom left corner. See that? I can see the colors are going to start matching up. So it only starts to gain context as I examine the purpose, the plan. Can I tell you, God has given us a plan. God has given us uh, marching orders. And those marching orders, that, that blueprint that God has given us is in the Word of God. It's in the book of Acts. How are we supposed to be doing this? God has given us an example of the early church. But more than that, He has given us earthly examples uh, that we can learn from. We have the Prescott Church. What an example. A church in the middle of a, 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 a city of only 12,000 people in 1970, Pastor Mitchell becomes the pastor there. And in a very short time, in just 50 short years, here we are, 50 years later, and the result of this church is worldwide. Nearly 28 churches, 2,800 churches around the world. That is a great blueprint. And so if we want to achieve those same things that we've seen in Prescott, in our mother church in Chandler, Arizona, if we want to become what they are, we have to look at the blueprint and we have to begin finding our place in the bigger picture. See, the people in Corinth were having a really hard time with this. They were seeking out the public gifts as a way of bringing attention to themselves. Boy, it's a good thing nobody does that in 2020. Far too often, when we're teaching about spiritual gifts, we're emphasizing how the gift is going to bring you greater prominence rather than serving the body as a whole. And we end up uh, being the uh, timing belt and thinking, oh, this, uh, I'm, the time, I'm the most important piece in this vehicle. The truth is that you're just as important as everyone else. And that is that without one, then it's going to be incomplete. Listen, now just imagine this for, for a moment and then we're going to close. Imagine I take the rest of the 99 pieces in this box 
And imagine right here on this table, I, I fit them all together. And I find the edge pieces and I line up the corners and I get the little elephant beanie baby and I get the little giraffe beanie baby and I get the, I get the little monkey beanie baby and everything's all in place. And, and what a great accomplishment it is. But then I look and realize this piece is still left. And I look at that finished puzzle, except for one piece. Doesn't that drive you crazy? Doesn't it, doesn't it say to you something's wrong? Maybe you've put together a puzzle like this and, and, uh, and there was a piece missing. Oh, and it feels like such a waste, doesn't it? I've wasted all my time because look, there's a piece missing. This is what it's like in the kingdom of God. When a church is doing well, is growing, is multiplying, people are, their, their gifts are being utilized for the kingdom. And yet there's that one brother or that one sister, or that one couple, or that one family that is being left behind, that is refusing to integrate the gift that God has given you into the greater good for the kingdom. And it's just not right. Listen, there are some people who are listening to this now. You claim to be a follower of Christ, but because you have not surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ, because you have not allowed the Holy Spirit to empower you and equip you, you hold on to your peace. And you sit on the sideline. And because of that, the rest of the church is suffering. My call tonight, my plea is for the love of God and for the good of the church. Bring your peace to the table. And let's begin working together for the kingdom of God. Let's bow our heads tonight and close our eyes as we begin to bring this service to a close. I'm so grateful for the opportunity tonight to preach the word of God. And before we close this service tonight, I want to ask you for just a moment to begin considering your own life, to begin thinking, what is it in your life that God has his finger on? I believe tonight that God puts his finger, that he puts his attention on issues of your life so that we can improve. Maybe you're watching this now and you say, Pastor, I'm not right with God. I know that if I was to die tonight, that I would be separated forever from God. My sins have made me uh, separated from him and I don't experience his presence. What I need more than anything else tonight is I need to repent. I need to turn from my sins. I heard someone today, they said, oh, we pray for revival. Oh, how we pray that God would send his spirit to the earth. And we've forgotten that revival comes through repentance. If you want to have revival in your life, it will only be when you repent and you turn from your sins, say, God, forgive me. I'm a sinner and I need Jesus to set me free tonight. If that's you, I want you to do something for me. I want you to, if you're watching online, take a moment and just put a, a, a comment on the, the live stream. We want to pray with you. And I'm going to put a comment in the Facebook chat right now that says, I want to pray for salvation. If God is speaking to you now, I want you to like that comment that's on the live stream Facebook. If you uh, want to, Jesus, to forgive you of your sins, 
then you reach out. Maybe right now you're watching in the building and you know that you're not right with God. I want you to, to express that now by lifting up your hand. doesn't matter who else is looking around. Say, Pastor, I need prayer. I'm not right with God. I need to repent. I need Jesus. Amen. In just a moment, we're going to pray together for salvation. We also want to speak to the church tonight. And uh, this is a simple message about the gifts of God that he has equipped us with. And tonight, uh, I want to do a second call for those that you know God has given you a gift. Now, some of you, uh, you may not understand that gift. Some of you, you may not have paid any attention to that gift, but you realize tonight that you've got a piece of the puzzle in your hand, and you're not using it. So, uh, there's a couple of things that I want to pray for this evening. Number one, if you don't know your spiritual gift and you want to find out, this is going to be a prayer, this is going to be an altar call for you. Secondly, Maybe you know what your gift is. You know the calling that has that God has on your life, but you have not surrendered to the will of God. And you're going to pray tonight for surrender. God, I want you to use my life. I want you to begin fitting me into your kingdom. I want you to help me to be a part of this greater plan that you are building. Uh, in, in our congregation and in the kingdom of God. So those are the two calls tonight. If that's you, maybe you would lift up your hand. I'm going to put another comment in the Facebook chat. It says, I want to pray that God, <laughs> typing on screen, would use me. And if you want to participate in that prayer, you put a like on that comment right now. Uh, and, uh, and, and we're going to pray together. And so right now, I want to ask you to join me. If you lifted up your hand for salvation, would you pray this prayer for me right now? Say, God in heaven, I know that I'm not right with you. I know that if I die tonight, I wouldn't be right. But God, I turn from my sins and I'm asking you to forgive me. Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross and rose from the grave. And right now, I'm believing you to open my heart, to speak to me, and to give me your, uh, your uh, revelation so I can live for you. I surrender my heart and my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Help me to live for you for the rest of my life in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, let me also pray this evening for those of you, you've got your puzzle piece. Maybe you have no idea where it goes. You've never looked at the blueprint. You've never looked at the plan. Or maybe tonight you know exactly where it's supposed to fit in. But the truth is, you're not using, you're not using this piece for the kingdom. I want to pray for you tonight as well. Lord Jesus, I pray you speak to God's people right now. I pray, God, that you would uh, help us, God, a spirit of surrender. Lord, setting aside schism, division, and strife. God, so that we can come together for your kingdom and your purpose. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. We thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? Make sure to sign up at our website, vbph.org. If this message has been a blessing to you, would you consider supporting our ministry with a generous donation? Please visit our website at vbph.org and scroll down to find the Give button at the bottom of the page. We would be so grateful for your support. Until next time, love God and love people.